Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This is the broadcast for January the 19th. In the year of our Lord, 2022, this is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers is one of the great peaceful solutions we still have at our fingertips today. Welcome to the broadcast. Uh, is it already the 20th? Wow. All right. I'm out in the weeds, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much, man. That's why we have people watching every move I make to make sure that I do it right. It is the broadcast for January 20th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Not the 19th at all. Thank you so much. Good point. All right. A quick recap of yesterday's the 19th broadcast. Before we get to the real broadcast of today, the 20th, we had our guest on Mr. James Edwards talking about race politics and hypocrisy in 21st century america the political cesspool.org he's also the author of a book called racism schmacism doing a great job he was with me both hours and we broke down all kinds of topics such as please people do not forget Stuart rhodes is innocent until proven guilty okay remember that reality check will you please was Stuart rhodes ready for a civil war probably so we all should be because frankly we're half in the middle of one is the U.S. headed for another civil war? We pray not. Sadly, we predict yes. Imagine another American civil war, but this time in every state writes national public radio. Whoa. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Ammon Bundy, what are we to do? Talking about the fact that there's no redress of grievance anymore. Your First Amendment is absolutely sliced and diced and slaughtered these days, huh? Yes, indeed. DeSantis will not bend the knee to Donald Trump. It's Ron versus Don. Yeah, Ron DeSantis says backing Trump for the 2024 elections. Too much to ask after Donald Trump trashed Ron DeSantis. Trump attacked him for being dull and having no charisma. Uh, is this a real rift between the two leaders and a problem in the Republican Party? Or is this a mountain made out of a molehill by the media? Time will tell, ladies and gentlemen. There seems to be divisions in our society everywhere, I'll tell you that. And that's what's driving this push towards some kind of a civil war, some kind of a secessionary movement, some kind of a breakup. The war on Christianity is really one of the keys, too, when you think about it, ladies and gentlemen. That's in the newamerican.com doing a great job. And that was hour one. Hour two, we start with what would a modern-day secession for the United States really look like? Would it be the general government against the states? Uh, if certain states left, which states would stay with the general government? Or would the general government be jettisoned and you'd have two, quote, state group countries without a general government? Five Oregon counties, for example, back a plan to secede from Oregon and join Idaho. So if different counties join different states, that shake up, is that a secession? Not exactly. 52% of Trump voters want red states to secede from the union. MSN.com. See, these are mainstream news people talking about this, folks. Red states want to succeed? 
or want to secede, go ahead, make our day, writes HuffPost.com. Can a city declare itself a republic? California town, Oroville, California. The city council openly welcome, or overwhelmingly voted to turn their city into a republic. So you want a national divorce, you say, huh? Will it remain civil is the question? Some say maybe it's time for America to split up. Who owns the U.S. national debt? Who would keep the Federal Reserve? <laughs> the Great Reset is coming, writes Glenn Beck and others, right? So I don't know where this all is leading, ladies and gentlemen. I know that we're candid enough on your radio to openly discuss this. That does not mean we're advocating for it. I stand a thousand, a gazillion percent against a con-con. I'm not a secessionist. I believe that the flag will be blown in the breeze when the Savior Jesus Christ returns. And I believe that's um, not only biblical, but I believe it's uh, in the vision George Washington had for the country. And uh, I know that the Secretary of Agriculture, Ezra Taft Benson, wrote a book called This Nation Shall Endure. And I believe in that reality. So I'm not preaching doom and gloom for America. I know we got a lot of troubles. I get it. But I'm not, I'm not preaching that. I'm preaching that it's the greatest country on the face of the earth. The way back or the way to salvation and stability is to return to God Almighty. When we turn our back on him, consequences are devastating. When we keep the commandments of God and turn to him for healing and help, that's when solutions, that's when answers to prayers uh, start to come. That's when blessings from the author of our liberty start to be realized. So I know that America's got a lot of troubles. I get it, and I'm not afraid to discuss those difficulties. But I'm also not the guy to, to um, wallow in it. I'm also not the guy to promote it. I'm not the, I want to be the guy that follows the Prince of Peace. I want to bring about peace and prosperity and stability and hope and safety and prosperity. And I want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that looks at America and says, God put this nation on the earth for a reason. And uh, we can be a light on a hill to all nations around the world, but it's going to take a lot of returning to the principles that made America great. As Dr. Scott Bradley wisely uh, encourages, let's preserve the nation. Pure application of the principles that made America great can absolutely do it again. I'm that kind of guy. And I know that others are thinking, might as well just break up now. There's no point trying to work with these liberals. There's no point trying to peacefully uh, restore what we once had. We're too far down the road of secession, of civil war, of uh, national divorce, of whatever. I'm not a guy that's going to believe that. Now, that may end up eventually happening. I understand all that. But I'm going to go down as the last guy standing trying to peacefully resolve this thing, trying to look forward in a way that's meaningful, a way that's civil, a way that unites people around the principles that make men free. That's what I'm going to be doing. And I know even James Edwards and others are saying, hey, it's time that we just live separately if we can't get along. I understand that view. I also understand George Washington's vision. And that's what I hang my hat on. All right, that's a recap of yesterday's show. That was the 19th. Today is the 20th. We are live. Hard-hitting news that it reviews to you starts now. Our good brother in Liberty, Eldon Stahl, field coordinator for the John Birch Society, jbs.org with us. Thenewamerican.com pointing to their magazine as well. Incredible news from their magazine, The New American. Eldon, welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Hey, Sam. Great to be back. Thank you. Do you have a comment on kind of the uh, discussion yesterday, my, my takeaway? Well, we've got a number of uh, different problems. You mentioned, uh, you know, possible civil war. Um, one thing to consider is that uh, back 
in the you know the Civil War era, uh, the states had active militias. Today we generally we don't. So there's a question of if we actually did have a civil war, who would be fighting? How would they be organized? Um, probably would be different than back then. Certainly the federal government would have its army. No but question. Where the would, question, would it be National Guards? Would it be state militias? Would it be local, county by county? You're right. And, and I mentioned that you know yesterday, too, is that there's one thing to talk about this. It sounds romantic. It sounds great. But you know what? War is devastating. War becomes real in a hurry. Then it ain't fun, and most wars mm-hmm. go bad for everybody involved and everything else. And so, you know, I brought up uh, states like Utah and others being flat-out landlocked. Uh, and if you have the liberals controlling the West Coast and the East Coast primarily or whatever else, you know, how are you going to trade? How are you going to – I mean, it doesn't look very pretty is all I tell you. It, it, it's one thing to be romanticized by this idea. It's another thing to dig in and discuss the reality. Do we create our own currencies? Uh, do we – you know, how do we deal with being landlocked? Again, as you wisely point out, what, what, who are we going to fight with? Or, you know, what, what groups, what organization? Is it going to be by county, by state? What does it look like? It doesn't sound or, or, or feel romantic to me at all. In fact, it seems like disaster for the greatest country on the face of the earth. I pray we can find a better way, Eldon. Yes, me too. I, I certainly would not want any, anything like that to befall us because it would be a uh, – you know all the all the death and suffering that would occur uh, would be just just massive. Uh, different countries, foreign countries, would try to probably weigh in on the uh, the conflict and uh, try to get something in their favor. Uh, that would not be good. So there's there's just all kinds of of reasons why uh, you know that that would be a bad option. I mentioned that you know travel right now, even with the airlines and flights getting canceled, is already a problem. But just imagine if different states don't recognize uh, members uh, from other states, um, that would create disaster, too. I mean, you might have different uh, countries that own some of our national debt vie for portions of the United States, uh, et cetera. I mean, no matter what, it just doesn't look pretty. I just don't see any real advantage to it. I don't see any real way forward with that kind of a scenario. Divide and conquer, I don't think that makes sense for the greatest country on the face of the earth. We've got to find a way uh, to set aside some differences, real or imagined, uh, and we've got to find a way to return to the principles that really made the greatest country on the face of the earth with the greatest economic engine ever known to man. We've got to return to what will make that happen again. Uh, in my opinion, that's the only real way forward that we should be advocating for at this point. And that's why I, I even reject a con-con. You know, who's going to be in charge of that meeting? You know, the likes of Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, uh, Joe Biden, uh, you know, uh, Harry Reid, I know he's not alive anymore, but I'm just saying those kind of people, Mitt Romney, you know, the likelihood of you and I being involved in that is <laughs> are about zero. So I'm not even looking forward to that because it's just disaster on steroids is what it is. Oh, yeah, that that would be just uh, I mean, I always ask people, well, where are we going to find these great constitutionalists that will be part of this convention? that are going to somehow restore the republic. They're not. They're 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 not in power now. They're not going to be in power then. Amen to that. If you think that's the way forward, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to say this to you. Tisn't so. <laughs> All right. Eldon Stahl with me, man. John Burt Society, Sam Bushman, and Brian Rust. Honest money discussion coming up. You're listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable live. The CDC just reported that 7,218 people died after receiving a COVID-19 shot. 
Granted, vaccines are a complicated concoction of chemicals, and as with any medical experiment, it can take a long time to get it right. This is not the first time people have been hurt when vaccinated. What is different this time, and so concerning, is the reaction to these death numbers. Let me explain. In 1976, the government vaccinated 45 million people for swine flu. A total of 53 people died after getting that shot, and the U.S. government immediately halted the vaccination program. Why? Because authorities decided it was too much of a risk. Why would they halt the program back then for 53 deaths, but now, with over 7,000 deaths, they are using every method possible to force it on you? In fact, now the health authorities are using their power to silence anyone who dares to question the COVID vaccination. Why? Why? Why is anyone that questions COVID silenced? Even doctors are being censored. What's up with that? Paid for by Evan Bundy for governor. VoteBundy.com. The Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Eldon Stahl on your radio. We are talking about secession, a national divorce, uh, the union breaking up, going their own way, red versus blue, uh, whatever you want to call it, feds versus state. So, you know, so many fault lines are found in America today. The mainstream press talking about another civil war and the likelihood thereof. And, you know, we, we pray it never happens. Those of you who think a con-con is the answer, you've been conned. Those of you thinking con con's the answer, I'm going to answer two ways. To you linguists out there, tisn't so. To you rednecks out there, it ain't true. You got to stand for what makes America great, ladies and gentlemen. And together we stand, divided we fall. Remember that reality check, will you please? Without further ado, we'd like to welcome Brian Rust, rustcoininggift.com to the mix. His family, for over 50 years, has been helping people understand precious metals and add constitutional currency to their portfolios and more. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you very much, Sam. Glad to be back. All right, let's talk honest money first. Where's gold sitting, sir? Uh, gold on uh, the paper contract today is at eighteen forty-seven twenty. One eight forty-seven. You said. Yep. Twenty. Yep. All up right, about that? twenty-five, twenty-four, five-dollar climb from. Eighteen forty-seven twenty, ladies and gentlemen, up just a bit. Silver, twenty-four point four five. Twenty-four forty-five. That's up a bit too, isn't it? Dollar twenty. That's not too much. How about rhodium? Where's Kirk Crosby's financial wealth sitting, sir? Well, rhodium jumped from last week to seventeen six fifty, so it's up about five hundred. Oh man, so Kirk's doing all right, isn't he? <laughs> Well, he's, he's a lot happier when it was dropping, I guess. 
1847 20 is gold ladies and gentlemen 24.45 silver so brian where's it looking uh, in the real world those are spot prices uh but they're all manipulated right. by paper as well as you know where are we sitting in reality if i want real money so your your rounds right now are running about 29 let's see what are they i think they were like 29 yesterday um your your eagles were uh jumped back up to about 36 wow um, Woo. so yeah they're kind of quite a bit above uh, the rounds too that's a lot of difference yeah that premium on eagles uh, government eagles right now they they've just hit Why do you, why do you think the premium's so much on the Eagles? Is it because there's not enough of them? Is it because they're pretty? Is it because it's backed by the United States? Uh, that con factor, that um, uh, you know, confidence factor. What do you think, Brian? All right. Oh. Are you there, Brian? Put the price right, on we'll the product, and they, you know, and here's here's kind of where they want to hold it. And, you, and if you, you want cut to it out, product, you cut out for a second, Brian. Can you repeat that? Yeah, so the so the government basically, uh, you know, they put they 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 establish the price that they want on the product, and so um, you know your major wholesalers. I, I have one major wholesaler say, yeah, I'm not paying that premium, and 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 so they're not handling the product, but but the others are, and and this is if you want a, a monster box, a strap monster box, and they're saying, okay, here's your here's your percentage uh, that you're going to have to pay, and so that's basically the price. So, so did you, you want say it, that they is. did you say that they set the price or they manipulate the price that they want? What what were you saying? Well, either way, I mean, they, yeah, they're establishing the price <laughs> that they want to sell product. Yep, yep. They don't buy anything back either. They they want their percentages and be off with it. Yeah, I, I bring that up, ladies and gentlemen, because that's interesting in and of itself, uh, separate from even the fiat money system. They literally set the price of their own gold creation. Uh, constitutionally, they weren't really supposed to do that, were they? Uh, that's right. I mean, it used to be kind of a, you know, supply demand should drive that price. And, uh, so, so realistically you're seeing a, you know, a, a switch. A lot of people are starting to buy, um, buy your, your silver maple leaves, Canadian maple leaves or Austria Philharmonics or, or just, you know, don't want to pay that premium. So they want to, we'll buy other countries metal. And I, you know, it's, they, they seem to sell a lot though. The, the Eagle is fairly popular. And so it, it, it stays, um, people are still buying it. I think. I think a lot of people just too. They say there are people that say, okay, well, I want to stay with U.S. funding. If I've got to trade it and so on, I want it to be an actual coin, a dollar, you know, like an old silver dollar or something like that. So they they're buying that product, and so there's still a lot uh, to be said. Now you know, and, 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 and some factors. Uh, you sorry, one some factors are the fact that people say, okay, well. This ought to be at fifty dollars today, and I can prove and, and show you parameters and why it should, and so on. So, okay, if I'm paying, if I'm paying uh, thirty-five or thirty-six or thirty-seven, okay, I still feel it's undervalued. So, there's that's the other factor, I guess. Yes, indeed, and the other factor too is you kind of wonder if they set the price of that, and that becomes kind of the, pardon the pun, the gold standard in silver. I don't, if that makes any sense, then you kind of wonder right. others follow, right, too, to some degree, yeah. even though it might not manipulate them to that degree because it's the premium. The others follow to some degree, though. So even in the metals, they're kind of setting the reality, even after the paper manipulations, even separate from the fiat currency, et cetera, right? Yeah. You know, you, you're seeing that, trying to, to uh, control the factors thereof, no doubt about it. They want the control.
And, you want to uh, chime in on this, Alvin? Boy, they 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 get involved in all kinds of things, don't they? They're just uh, trying to control. It it yeah. never ends. You're right about that, Brian. You were saying. Well, it, you know, it's it's an interesting. Every time the government seems to jump in there and say oh, we're going to save this, save that, it's a disaster. I mean, we can go back and look at a ton of things that they've. Here, let me get our hands in on this, <laughs> or let me get our hands on. We'll take, we'll help you. We'll take care of you. It's it, in in ninety nine percent of the cases, it's not a good thing. We want less of the government because of all the factors that they're getting into. And and I guess you were talking earlier about civil war and so on. Your elitist, which that is your government, the elitist, they take you to war. I mean, if you if you go back in history, so yeah, we're from the government. We're here to help. <laughs> here <laughs> we are. That. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, I, I heard that. You know, this is so interesting uh, in our society right now, especially when people are just concerned about everything and inflation and everything else. As inflation happens, Brian, does it drive people naturally to gold and silver? I know that I always watch the elite because it's interesting to see what they do. But oftentimes what they do is they quietly just start grabbing more gold and silver and stabilizing their portfolio. They don't say much to the mere mortals like us, but yet that's what they do, don't they? Yeah. I mean, there's no – I mean, you go back, all these finances, JP, Goldman, all of the, the fines that the government you know, uh, implements is just, a, as we talked about in the past, it's just uh, – Mere doing business. This is the mere doing business. My eight hundred million that I've got to pay the government. But oh, I, yeah, I guess I did make five or six billion. I guess it's so. So that's that's part of doing business. But on the same sense, the physical guys now are kind of uh, ganging, you know, getting together and saying, yeah, we're done. We're done playing that game with them. And that's kind of why the metals are holding stronger than what we see on paper because. They're saying, yeah, we're not playing the game because what they do is they suppress our market on paper. You know, the spoofing and all the other things that happens, it drives that market down. And then they come in and want to buy our physical. And so they're buying physical or, you know, trying to, to, to play that. But the physical guys say, well, we're, yeah, great, come and buy it. But you're going to pay just what everybody else is going to pay. We're not going to, we're not playing your game. Supply demand ought to be driving it and not whatever you feel should be the price at this time so that you can come in and buy at this low price. And then, yeah, kind of hit the market. So on the physical. So yeah, we're done. That's what they're saying. What do you say, Eldon? Well, they sure do. Yeah, they try to manipulate things, and and you know, some we don't know the wiser a lot of times what's going on. And you, you kind of wonder. The, go ahead, Ryan. Sorry, one of the things too. You you look at all these these play on the financial market. You know, why would there be inside trading and that's okay for Congress and the House and, and, and again all our elitists, the you know, the inside trading, so that they can make more money, not just the way they should be, but the the, the common man or the middle you know, the us uh, you know, I guess us depressed Americans as they, they want to say or show us, but we don't have inside trading. We can't play that game. And if we do, that's illegal. We're gonna go to jail you know, or I'll, I mean, it's okay. Well, you can trade these paper markets and you can inside trade and you can spoof this market and you can, oh, and we'll throw a guy under the bus. We'll have an account for him for 500 million. We'll, or, or not. I mean, 
five million we'll put away for him because he's going to spend time for us because we're not going to jail. But maybe one of my little employees, he, he will the fall. I mean, you see these. I mean, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. And it makes you wonder, the only reason they could have to want to manipulate these markets, too, the only reason I think of it is so that people don't develop a desire for real money. Because if people realize that gold and silver really stable as a rock. Uh, I'll give you a quick example when we get back. Also, I got to say, RIP, rest in peace to my good brother, Colin Flaherty. I'll talk about him in a second. We'll talk about the dime in a second. We'll do it all with Brian Rust and Eldon Stahl. This is... Liberty Roundtable Live. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The Supreme Court on Wednesday rejected President Trump's executive privilege and will now send his administration's records to the mostly partisan January 6th committee. Democrat Senator Zoe Lofgren from California on MSNBC. We'll be getting the visitors' logs, the call logs, um, the outtakes from the videos that he made as people were trying to uh, talk him into. Uh, asking the mob to leave the Capitol. It will help us put together the picture of what happened leading up to the riot and on the day of the riot. Senate Republicans blocked President Biden's self-proclaimed and partisan voting rights legislation Wednesday night. Two Democrat senators, Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin, joined the GOP in opposing changes to the 60-vote filibuster rule. The vote failed by a 52-48 count. USA Radio News. Get to Kohl's to save on beauty, essentials, and home. Take 20% off all beauty and fragrance during our Love Your Look beauty event. Pick up Nike hoodies for the family starting at $19.99. Save 50% on Carter's for Baby. And Sonoma Goods for Life bath towels are only $8.99. Plus, take an extra 20% off when you spend $100 or more. And get Kohl's cash. This weekend at Kohl's. Select styles offer valid September 20th through 23rd with promo code SAVING. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. At the American Veterinary Medical Association Annual Convention in Washington, D.C., I spoke with Dr. John Howe, AVMA president, about One Health. One Health is really a collaboration between physicians and veterinarians or public health officials. For example, in Minnesota, our state public health veterinarian deals with zoonotic diseases, rabies, for example. Animals are sentinels for humans, and humans are sentinels for some infections in animals. There's more valuable information at avma.org. Because technology will allow it, NBC broadcasters will not be going to China to call the 2022 Winter Olympics. NBC Sports confirmed Wednesday it will not send announcers to the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing because of a surge in the COVID-19 Omicron variant in China. USA Today reported the announced teams will call events from the NBC facility in Connecticut. One NBC host will travel to Beijing to cover the first few days of the games before heading to Los Angeles to cover the Super Bowl. Although Team USA will participate in the games this year, U.S. officials will not attend. In the USA Radio News Midwest Bureau, I'm Katie Lewis. Workers on Wednesday dismantled a giant statue of President Theodore Roosevelt from outside New York City's American Museum of Natural History. The equestrian statue of Theodore Roosevelt, commissioned in 1925 and unveiled to the public in 1940, the New York City Public Design Commission voted last June to remove it. USA Radio News. 
All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Brian Rust, RustConeyGift.com with us. Ellen Stahl, field coordinator for the John Burns Society, JBS.org, TheNewAmerican.com with us. We're talking about honest money, ladies and gentlemen. We'll return to that topic in just a quick second. I got to do a big shout out to my buddy Colin Flaherty. Rest in peace, my faithful brother. He was a very successful podcaster, live streamer, and author, not to mention a great friend of Liberty Roundtable Live, ladies and gentlemen. He's passed away. Our prayers are with him and his family. Colin Flaherty died Tuesday, January the 11th, with family at his side in the home he grew up in. Pretty cool. In Wilmington, Delaware. He was 66 years old and suffered from cancer. Probably best known for his two books, White Girl Bleed a Lot and Don't Make the Black Kids Angry. Uh, he was a real reporter, ladies and gentlemen, and he would dig into issues uh, about race uh, and do so candidly. He was the guy that wrote for World Net Daily for a long time, WND.com, and he really highlighted the reality that to not report on racial crime is racist. See, if a white person does something bad to a black person, then it's everywhere in the news. But if a black person does something to a white person, it's always covered up and there's never a racial component. He's suggesting that's a lie and that's racist. Look, his point was a crime is a crime is a crime. Got it? Good. Now, when crimes are committed, they're evil and wrong. And we need to report on them equally. And to not do so is racist. Anyway, Colin Flaherty is absolutely spot on on that. Incredible books. The term white girl bleed a lot, just so you understand where it came from. There was a video of uh, some blacks beating up a white girl. And the white girl was bleeding profusely. And a black girl says, white girl bleed a lot, right in the video. Like, so that he named his book after that to highlight <coughs> the disparity and the dishonesty of the reporting and lack thereof, if you will, uh, regarding this. Anyway, our prayers are with his family. Colin Flowerty, rest in peace, my dear brother. He was a friend. He was a good guy. Anyway, I digress. But back to the broadcast, back to Eldon Stahl and Brian Rust. Uh, so I was mentioning the only reason I think people could seriously want to manipulate uh, the gold and silver is because if they suppress it if they manipulate it then you don't believe it's a real factor in your life but the truth is ladies and gentlemen it jettisons the inflation and the stagflation that we see so prevalent in our current system of fiat money okay it, it upends that it provides stability in a marketplace they don't want that stability because the more that stability reigns supreme the less manipulative control they have it's about control so the example that I would give is a dime in 1960, uh, just say 1964. You want to know how much a dime was worth in 1964, Eldon? How much? A dime. <laughs> Seems redneck simple, doesn't it? Hey. That is amazing. Dime. Okay, a dime was worth a dime. How much is a real silver dime worth today, Brian? Uh, you can buy silver dimes for around 250 So 25 times what it used to cost? Yeah. Oh, wow. Man, that ain't looking good for the modern dime now, is it there, Eldon? No, not so much. Hmm. Wow. So that just kind of highlights the reality of what I'm pointing to, Brian. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, the the money, uh, yeah. Is there inflation? Absolutely. And the, and the issue, and some of the, pro the issues that we're, we're going to see is, and I've seen, I think they're, they're talking, some of the news I hear out there right now is that, is, investors in the market are, are starting to pull out they're starting to pull out because they're seeing some of the changes that are happening and uh you know and sent in all these central banks so you know across the world uh you know the 
raising interests and, and so on and, and doing this and wanting the feds to do, to, to, uh, do the same thing, uh, they're, yeah, they're starting to pull out. So we're starting, okay, well, here's where, where's this money going to go? You know, these people have made X amount of money in the markets, and now they're changing some of the factors that are going to go, and we're seeing some of the changes, and that, that could really push the metals because where are they going to put their money? So, you know, so we could see some some things happen. And I'm reading, you know, if some of that stuff is, is starting to take place. So, and inflation, if it goes from 7%, they say, or whatever, to 14, we're probably at 14 already going to 20. But, but uh, you know, with COVID and some of these variants and all these other things happening, shortages and so on, well, I would have to think that inflation is going to continue to climb. So, <clears throat> All right, ladies and gentlemen, there is a big feud going on that I want to tell you about. Article in the New York Times business section, just so you know where it comes from. Ready? They call it this. Division on crypto. On view, in feud, of tech billionaires. <laughs> I think about that now. I'm just thinking, what is there to feud about, man? It's the freedom currency, guys. It's the blessing currency of all. It, I mean, it's going to save us from government tyranny. and it's all. But there's a big battle. A dispute over what they call Web3 uh, is the term here. Uh, very complicated, but Web3 is kind of the future of the Internet. They want to move everything to blockchain technology, and there's a feud on exactly how those nebulous terms ought to go down. And uh, the battle's on. It's not as simple as it sounds, they say. It's a very complicated issue. Uh, and they say, here's what it's all about. You don't own Web3. You got it? <clears throat> Others do. And so anyway, Jack Dorsey at Twitter and, and anyway, all these big cryptocurrency guys are battling out what's W3 going to look like. Or Web3, what's it going to look like is the big question. Um, I guess members of the Silicon Valley elite class are battling it out now. Uh, they say the uh, technical revolution. Uh, well, the hard lines are being drawn. So you got on one side Elon Musk, and then you got Mark Andreessen as his enemy there. And the Web3 revolution backers say promises a democratization of commerce. Uh, I'm not looking forward to a democratization of commerce. And information, they say, by building a better blockchains network distribution system that form the basis of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies it theoretically would cut out traditional middlemen and gatekeepers it'll never escape their incentives it goes on and on and on do you want to respond to this uh, Brian <laughs> I don't know what to say yeah so they're are they they're trying to position themselves I guess fighting against themselves position themselves to be kind of a front runner in that in that mobile market uh and so <laughs> the elitist is that what you see the elite in silicon valley or they're trying to position themselves to uh you know i don't know maybe some of these other countries that have jumped into the bitcoin maybe they should be watching them and just saying okay we're running our currency in, uh, through the bitcoin now and see just how that works i but hey they're smart people in silicon <laughs> valley so elon musk yeah well here's what i find yeah. comical about the discussion they say the Web3 revolution will be the democracy of commerce and information by building a better Internet on blockchain networks. They say distributed ledger systems 
that form the basis of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, it theoretically, so it's not even a proven reality, it theoretically would cut out the traditional middlemen and gatekeepers letting users transact directly and has a greater stake in the programs they use. But here's the problem. I was told that these digital currencies were already decentralized, cutting out the middleman, that they already were built on provable, <laughs> stable blockchain technology, um, that the, quote, That's democratization right. of these commerce and information systems, I thought we were already on this incredible blockchain technology. That was the value and the big key, and Sam, you're ignorant if you don't understand this, and Sam would push back and say, no, it ain't the way it is, you guys, you're being deceived, and they go, you don't even understand tech, Sam, and now they're going, we got to build the Web3 because, man, we don't have the decentralization. We don't have the ability to directly deal with one another. We don't have the stable blockchain technology. That we so now they're trying to move to what they claim they already had, Brian. How dumb am I? <laughs> You're, I've been telling you this the whole time, buddy. Come on now. How redneck you got to get to be high tech. But, hey, but Sam, you're one of these. I mean, you're. That's why. That's why you understand it. Really, you're. You're one of the guy, tech guys. Now, I'm not saying you're. You're trying to create this thing, but you understand it. See me? I don't. I say, oh yeah, maybe they need to do that. I yeah. I'm. I'm just this small gold silver guy and coin guy, filthy lucre guy that. I don't understand it, but Sam, yeah, you're you're hitting it now because they, so they <laughs> they it. highlight in the New York Times. Listen to this. Here's what they say: We need That's to awesome. explain this in a new language that few of us understand. Let's decipher the code. What is the problem? They say. Now listen to this. What is the problem? First, tech types can't define what Web three means. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so they're battling about it. It's not so easy to define. This one guy, his name is Sam Bankman. Uh, he's the billionaire, founder of the crypto exchange. They call it FTX, okay? He took a few unsuccessful stabs at explaining it to the paper and couldn't get it done. <laughs> yeah, they want to create a web-built mm -hmm. tokenomics, just so you know. You know what a tokenomic is there, Eldon? <laughs> when we come back, we'll talk about tokenomics, ladies and gentlemen, so y'all can understand there. I'm just telling you right now, don't dip your toe in a crypto, because if you think it's real money, you're being deceived. Ask Brian Rust of RustCoinandGift.com. He's got constitutional currency gold and silver available for you. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Decades after Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden picked up where he left off. With America surrendering to terrorists, Biden's foolish spending is causing inflation, which means more pain at the pump, higher prices on groceries, devaluing your retirement savings when you need it most. Once was a mistake, twice is a disaster. America needs strong leaders, not weak ones. Save America JFC is responsible for the content of this advertising. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, 
breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of Cowboys spirit today and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. I think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since I was little, I was taught that smoking was wrong. Recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol and other drugs. I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hey, man. We're going to run the world on tokenomics, dude. It's going to be awesome. I'm telling you right now. That's what the billionaires say, but they battle on what even Web3 means. That's the internet built on blockchains and tokenomics and all these other terms you don't understand. But, ladies, I'm just telling you right now that I think we ought to create a marijuana currency, man. We're going to do that. <laughs> that would be called tokenomics, Brian. What do you think? We can just do real tokenomics, man. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> I, I think you hit something right there. Hey, I, I, I got to run here. I'm sorry I've got to go, but I think you've hit the – You've hit it, Sam. No doubt about it. What you yeah, I ain't going. taking I no hits of that out. stuff. I'm telling you right now. Brian Russ, thank you so much, sir. Godspeed. Travel <laughs> safe. We'll chat soon, brother. All right. Thanks, man. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. RussQuentinGift.com. You want real honest money? You got the, you got a friend of the coin business. I'm telling you right now. Brian Russ, RussQuentinGift.com. So what do you think, man? Is tokenomics built on blockchain and Web3 and all this stuff with the digital currencies, or is it just like marijuana currency, man? What do you, what do you think, uh, Eldon? I, I think we ought to just go to marijuana currency, man. I've never been uh, one to jump on board with uh, this type of stuff. I, I you know, I just uh, had no? people that said, "Oh, we got to do this," you know, get involved. Uh, wasn't wasn't something that I felt was uh, I could really trust. So, hey, man, if we created real tokenomics and buds were currency, man, then every, money would grow on trees for reals, man. Yeah, yeah. Don't you want that dream just... to come true? It's funny how how there's or sad you might say the the lack of basic economic education is is phenomenal and we're you know even uh, you know I, I went to BYU and they they were teaching a lot of this uh, Keynesian stuff there it's just kind of uh, just uh, disturbing. Yeah, you know what, Eldon? The truth is, I laugh so I don't cry. And the reason that I kind of yeah. make fun of this is because, look, ladies and gentlemen, whether tokenomics is really weed currency or whether it's their general token currency that they create on the Internet or whether it's fiat paper money, every road that isn't the true, honest constitutional currency is a false road of eventual disappointment and deception. That's the real reason that I bring this up. I, I know I'm kind of making fun yeah, of it right. and everything, but I agree with Eldon. This is sad. This is serious. The lack of economic education in a reality sense the dishonesty regarding economics is just startling how pervasive uh, it is. I mean, it's been taught in colleges, this dishonest reality of money and, and, and reality on supply chain and everything else has been going on for decades. And yeah. it is a tragedy, and it's going to be really hard. Even if we were to uh, institute honest money tomorrow, uh, most, quote, educated people would reject it because they've been dishonestly deceived for so long. Uh, that it's it's you got to unlearn before you can even learn the truth, Eldon. That's right. That's right. Uh, just like in the in the 
who was it? Obi Wan said you got to unlearn, or I don't know who it was. Maybe maybe it was Yoda. But um, but yeah, put put your uh, college economic books in the shredder, even though you paid a hundred plus dollars for them. Get a copy of Economics in One Lesson by Henry Hazlitt. Read that. Uh, read it twice, and uh, you'll be a step above uh, so many of these folks that have just read this nonsense they teach in schools nowadays. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. They say Web3 is coming to Utah, by the way. Yesterday hmm. and today, they uh, are up at the uh, – let's see. Let me get this right here. They say in May and in October, Cryptopia will descend upon Salt Lake City in a big way, transporting our city into a future utopia with its own currency, transportation, museums, and the like, building a whole new world. I'm not too excited about this, man. Have you seen Salt Lake City lately? Yeah, it's not a utopia (laughs) anywhere that I go around there. You know, just saying. <laughs> it's scary, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. um, I don't expect that place to become a utopia all of a, all of a sudden. Hmm. Think about that, though. Boy. I guess we're supposed to be kind of the uh, head city for what's called Cryptopia, man. Yeah, well, uh, it seems like uh, Utah's jumping on board with all kinds of idiotic stuff. They're they're bringing in this uh, digital <laughs> ID thing. Like what? What on yeah. earth? Dumb, 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 dumb. And then they're experimenting with uh, voting by mobile device. Oh yeah, yeah, that'll work great. Then what's funny about Got it on. is then they say, "I hope you follow us down the rabbit hole." <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we're we're the leaders, and you know, it seems like the people in Utah, you know, I, I mean, a despair. Let me let me say the government leaders in Utah uh, tend to think that uh, oh, we've got to be you know embracing this newest stuff, like it's uh, this great idea. Let's let, let's do uh, I don't know rank choice voting or something, and um, you know this is a great idea, and we're uh, we're just hip and happening, but uh, it's just a disaster. Amen to that, ladies and gentlemen. This is very serious, serious indeed. The digital world that we're involved in, sadly, is just full. Just chuck full of scams and dishonesty. And I'm telling you, um, in May and October, Cryptopia will descend on Salt Lake City in a big way. They say we're creating a whole new world. Doesn't that scare the bejeebies out of you, ladies and gentlemen? It should. Next headline, QR code scans on the rise. Think twice before you scan, says this headline. Uh, and it's basically talking about how, you know, um, scammers now have figured out how they can go ahead and manipulate you into scanning a simple QR code that you think is going to take you to somewhere safe and good where you can go ahead and donate or do something else. And voila, they've taken your money and you've donated to the wrong source there, buddy. So be careful when you scan QR codes to make sure they're really legitimate. Uh, that's a big old latest scam going on, too. See, everything in the digital world, uh, Eldon, can be fake, can be spooked, can be mocked, can be manipulated, can be um, misdirected, can, whatever words you want to use. Every bit of it, and they know it. And those of you who tell you, oh, no, it can't be, Sam, I'm telling you, you don't know what you're talking about. 
everything can be faked and manipulated. If they can create deep fake videos, ladies and gentlemen, that can literally um, take your clothes off and put you in compromising situations, they can fake anything. Folks, remember what I'm For telling sure. you in the digital world is true. Uh, anyway, Eldon, what do you say to that? Yeah, that's very true. Uh, yeah, they can, uh, you know, Photoshop just about anything, as we know. Uh, of course, you can do all kinds of things with computers that, you know, they're they're instruments for good, but for also for evil. And uh, the thing is, it's harder to trace that. So that's why, of course, we say uh, let's go back to paper ballots and, you know, counting those at the precinct, all that. You, you know, not have all this stuff that you can't you can't verify, you can't audit. Really, uh, you can have this kind of illusion of a audit, but you can't really know. Sad but true reality check, ladies and gentlemen. A couple of quick stories before the end of the hour that I thought were worthy of um, Eldon's comments as well. Earth's core is rapidly cooling, study reveals. Question, is our planet becoming inactive? USA Today, so while they've been telling you for the last decade that global warming is your worst enemy, now they tell you that the Earth's core is cooling and our planet might become inactive. It might turn out like Mars over time. How long could the people live on the planet is the question that they have. But now they're saying Earth's core is cooling. So how do we have global warming everywhere with the core of the Earth cooling? Eldon, help me get it. Well, all I know is, you know, we need to trust the government and pay them a bunch of taxes and just uh, turn over our liberties and all this stuff will go away, right? Wow. So, you know, when it comes to the jab, it's like a, uh, they call it shot in the dark. <laughs> Because yeah, you don't know what the results are going to be. Now, this is like stab in the dark on the climate. They said the climate was cooling in the 70s. Now they say it's global warming now. Now they say the Earth's cooling. These scientists don't have a clue what they're talking about. This evidence in the USA Today article just released proves it. They say is the, or the Earth's core is cooling way more rapidly than they once thought. <clears throat> is our planet becoming inactive, they ask. And my response is, ladies and gentlemen, just let God be in charge, okay? These scientists are absolutely clueless. These are the people that would literally kill people for saying the earth wasn't flat back in the day, right? I mean, this is scientists yeah. are all over well, the map, folks. Of course, Eldon? Th they didn't get a thermometer down there. The deepest borehole in the world goes halfway through the earth's crust, and that's a very small part. So how did they measure the temperature? By ways that they theorize that uh, they that are accurate and and perhaps to some degree, but how much, we don't know. There's a lot of factors they may not be aware of that uh, give them a reading that uh, they, um, you know, they, they assume it's true, but who knows. And what, what provable data do we have really to have a chart of temperatures to show direct cooling? And then how would that compare to what they thought they knew before? <clears throat> what was their model before that's now proven flawed? Uh, and how do we know the current model isn't proven flawed in 20 years? Right. This is what I mean by they continually yeah. move to every time they admit something new, they realize that they didn't know something before, which proves their before science inaccurate, which tells me their current science is probably inaccurate, too, because they have maybe more of an understanding. They might be going closer to the truth. They might be going further from the truth. Only time and God's real truth will tell. Final story of the hour. Belgium, the country, no longer recommending Moderna vaccines. For those under 31 years old, why? 
due to risk of heart inflammation, just like we warned you, the experimental vaccines might have unknown side effects. Now they're realizing that, hey, if you're under 31, the heart damage that can be done is too great a risk. They're not recommending the vaccines in Belgium anymore. There you go. What do you say to that, Eldon? Well, gee, you know, it, that, it really is nice that we found that out after we did this experiment on the whole planet. Um, <laughs> thank you, government. Well, and this is what I mean by science. So now they're telling me the earth is cooling, and by golly, the experimental shots that you were afraid of or concerned about because they were experimental turned out to be experimental, and the experiment went bad. That's what they're saying. And I look at that, and I go, these are just two quick examples right at the end of the hour. And then they want us to trust in honest money and Web3 because they're going to save us and make sure everything's transparent and good. What? Folks, they're wrong yeah. on every bit of it. You want to know why they're wrong on every bit of it? Because they're looking to their own arm and their own understanding, not to God. That's why. Uh, they're not holding to time-tested truths in reality. They're literally making it up as they go. Hey, vaccines are safe and effective. Well, in Belgium now, the Moderna vaccine, we're not going to give it to anybody under 31 because, hey, the, the risk is too great. We're not doing it anymore. My question is, when will the United States come to their senses on it? When do we shut down and whacked out Saki, whacked out Biden, whacked out uh, uh, Fauci and these guys. When do they get shut down? When are they going to realize even Belgium knows the truth and they're admitting it now? Uh, do we have the guts to do that in our our day, in our time, in our country? Sadly, I think the answer is not. Next hour, we're going to dig into a story that the New American has. It's called, her name is Dr. Meryl Nass. Uh, N-A-S-S. And Dr. Merrill Nass is forced to undergo a psych exam after losing her license because she, as a medical doctor, peddled COVID misinformation. We'll talk about it. Art Moore has the piece at WND.com. WorldNet, or I'm sorry, The New American has an incredible piece on this as well. We're going to dig into this and a whole lot more with Eldon Stahl with the John Birch Society, jbs.org, thenewamerican.com. Incredible content coming your way on your radio. For Brian Russ, Sam Bushman, and Eldon Stahl, we declare this nation shall endure. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net, BrideyOnRadio.com, spread the word, tell the tale, live and on-demand radio free at your fingertips. I am Sam Bushman, and we declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic of the United States of America. Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. This is the broadcast for January the twentieth in the year of our Lord two thousand and twenty-two. This is our two of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. We want to be that light on the hill once again, ladies and gentlemen, for the nations to understand the true principles of liberty. Free markets, supply and demand. Oh, yeah. Checks and balances. Gotta love it. Biblical realities and truths. 
Gotta dig it. Constitutional currency. Amen to that. Eldon Stahl on your radio with me. He's the um, field coordinator in my area for the John Birch Society, doing a phenomenal job. He's always with us once a month, two hours of hard-hitting talk, always at your fingertips. Welcome back, sir. Oh, thank you so much. Great to be here, Sam. All right. I teased the topic last hour when I mentioned that Belgium no longer recommending Moderna vaccines for anybody under 31 years old. They say the problem is... It creates too much risk of heart inflammation. Glad the Belgian folks are getting the truth. I wish that America would double down and tell the truth for a change, huh? Yeah, they also say the Earth's core is rapidly cooling. They say that in USA Today. How do they know that, number one? And number two, if the Earth's core is rapidly cooling, do we got to worry as much as we thought about global warming? Just wondering how redneck and dumb am I, scientifically speaking? Uh, It's amazing how they get it wrong on so many topics. They told you the experimental vaccines were safe and effective and highly protective and now that's not true at all and we told you from the beginning it wasn't true but they said you didn't know we're going to block you for fake news now the question is are we going to block those fake news folks that blocked us for fake news when we turned out being the real news and they lied and got caught now, how'd that all work I'm just wondering anyway now dr merrill nass a female doctor is being forced to undergo a psychiatric exam she's lost her license why they say that she peddled as a doctor COVID misinformation. And it seems that if you don't support vaccinations, ladies and gentlemen, these days you must be stopped. Art Moore wrote the article in WND.com. The New American has an article about it as well. A Maine medical licensing board, that's in the state of Maine, is temporarily suspended the license of a veteran physician for allegedly speaking uh, spreading misinformation about COVID-19. So they're conducting a 30-day investigation, which requires her to go under uh, undergo a psychiatric evaluation. Dr. Merrill La- Nass has been a board-licensed physician for more than 40 years, and she was the subject of two complaints based on her statements that the vaccines have serious safety issues and are ineffective at stopping transmission and protection. She then promoted hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, etc., and she said they're the solutions, not the expensive treatments the government's peddling. But now there's a five-page order addressed to Dr. Nass, and they uh, explain why they think they have the authority to, uh, to mandate her undergoing a psychiatric evaluation. This was all peddled on national public radio. And the board said that, quote, in the interests of public health and safety, it may compel a physician to submit to a mental or physical examination upon a complaint or an allegation that the physician is unable to practice medicine with reasonable skill and with safety in mind. In response on her blog, Nass says the board is attempting to abridge her constitutional rights. The debate rages on. The board has apparently realized they do not have the evidence to convict me of anything, she says, so that they are now going on a fishing expedition asking for a list of every patient I've seen over the last six months and much more. It's a witch hunt. Nass pointed out that there's not been a single complaint by a patient, not one, 
She has never been accused of malpractice in her 40-year career, not once. And she's well-known for successfully treating very challenging cases of illness. And uh, so is spreading, quote, COVID misinformation a psychological issue? They say the board has tried to turn my exemplary care of patients into a charge of negligence. They're trying to make you believe that I'm psychiatrically ill. Nash says it seems that if you don't support vaccinations, well, everything you do must be wrong if you don't go along with their vaccine lies. What about the patients who want their COVID treated with methods other than those prescribed by the NIH, the WHO, et cetera, et cetera? The board wants to cut off these patients' access, and they want to give me no choice to help them. The board tripped over this one, she says. And now here's the rest of the story that I think is really important. So here's what happened. She disclosed, this Dr. Nass disclosed in a briefing to lawmakers. She was forced to lie because there was a high-risk patient needed who needed ivermectin. Oh, I'm sorry, hydroxychloroquine in this, hydroxychloroquine in this case. And what happened is that they, uh, she prescribed the drug, and then the pharmacy said, what do you need this drug for? And so she told a pharmacist a lie about the condition. She said, I lied and said the patient had Lyme disease, which is another legitimate reason to get this drug. And the reason she said she lied is because otherwise the pharmacist would have rejected her prescription for the patient. So she lied to protect and she said it should not be necessary for her to lie since hydroxychloroquine is licensed without restriction. But the government in bed with the pharmacies would have shut her down. So she lied to get the patient the medication the patient desperately needed. Even the AMA Code of Ethics, ladies and gentlemen, says duty to the patient is the doctor's primary responsibility. But I think that they tripped over this one because, okay, Eldon, what do you say about this one? Well, where is the accountability for the CDC that lies? Where is the accountability for Fauci that lies? Now they're forcing and and trapping physicians into lying to uh, save the lives of their patients and then throwing them under the bus. Uh, That seems like a a very corrupt thing. you know, I've, I've also learned that uh, over this time, it seems like the term uh, public health and safety is uh, really kind of like uh, when you talk about the uh, government schools. So they t- call them public schools, but really they're government schools. So we talk about public health, really, uh, they say somebody's a threat to public health and safety. It's a threat to the health and safety of the government and their narrative. And that's really the crime uh, essentially, that this um, woman, this uh, physician, has committed, and uh, it's uh, just a thought crime. So we're we're bringing in uh, really what what happened in the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union, Soviet means council. It was a rule by councils, and this is you know this unaccountable council that's going to try somebody uh, without really due process for um, for something that is just illegitimate. Ladies and gentlemen, even the AMA Code of Ethics says duty to the patient is the doctor's primary responsibility. Do you see now, ladies and gentlemen, why 
no position is going to oppose whatever the mainstream thinking is. This is why so many people have died. Physicians simply realize that they are not. I repeat, they are not allowed to challenge the narrative. Ladies and gentlemen, that's reality. I'm just telling you, that's what's going on. Right? And we got to really realize that. You say, well, how, man, how come doctors aren't speaking out? Because they lose their licenses. Their careers are completely destroyed. Their credibility is, is um, really barbecued. Uh, and everything they've worked for their whole lives. They might have massive student debt as a physician still. They might. Now, this doctor for 41 years probably doesn't have student debt. But I'm just saying, how many physicians are willing to go out on a limb and challenge this narrative where they know you're going to be barbecued now forced to undergo a psychiatric evaluation okay even the ama code of ethics says that the hey the patient's primary here but when dr nass looks to the patient even lies on behalf of the patient to get medication that's necessary without the lie they wouldn't be able to get and now you see why no physicians will take this on right Anyway, there you have it. I just find this story shocking. And the only two people that I've really seen have big stories on it that are mainstream news to some degree would be WND.com and The New American. There's been a lot of other people that have reported on it in, uh, what do you call them, new media sites and everything else. And I'm grateful for that. But, but really, uh, where's the mainstream press on this one? Because here's what Dr. Nass says. I'll answer any question anytime about how to treat patients. For COVID, I have experience big time in it, and I'm willing to testify anytime, anywhere to anybody to document the truth and put the truth on the record. She's ready to take them on, Eldon. Well, that's great. She's uh, certainly a brave person. We need more people like that. I agree that's great, but there's thousands of doctors willing to do the same thing, and the government's been able to, in bed with the CIA-driven mainstream press, has been able to really shut everybody down who opposes them thus far. There's been a few cases that we hear Dr. Pierre Corey testifying before Congress. Dr. Pierre Corey documenting uh, that Congress is getting ivermectin, even though they let the rest of the nation feel like it's horse poop. Uh, we get blips of truth. They don't have ultimate control, but they have enough control right now to where thousands of doctors who are telling the truth and going against Anthony Fauci are flat out shut down. All their careers are being questioned. Uh, they're uh, forced to go undergo psychiatric evaluations or they lose their licenses or whatever the case may be. It is tragedy, ladies and gentlemen. Do you see now why no position is going to oppose what the mainstream press claims? And that's why so many people have died as well, ladies and gentlemen. All right, quick pause. We've got a whole lot more to discuss with Eldon Stahl in seconds. Yeah, this is David in engineering. This is your wife in suburbia. Oh, hi, hon. What's up? How's the robot coming? Well, it doesn't exactly respond to requests yet, but I'm... Well, I know how frustrating that can be. You do? Uh-huh. I'm still waiting for my romantic lunch date. Oh, yeah. David. Well, I must not have enough memory uh, allocated. Uh-huh. Sorry. You know, your son said mama today. Really? Uh-huh. Well, we'll have to have that sound chip changed to Dada. Well, you could reprogram it yourself, you know. I know. Hey, why don't we do it over lunch today? Oh, you really are brilliant. Thanks. You want me to bring the robot? David. He can order pasta in 11 languages. Only if he pays for his own lunch. Okay. Oh, don't forget to bring Chip. Uh, I still wish we hadn't named him that. Well, why? It beats general default. Oh. Family. 
isn't it about time? Do you know that a baby processes information three times faster than an adult? An adult what? Engineer. Funny, funny. I'll see you soon. I can't wait. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. As a teenager, I gave my first public speech in my church. My hand shook, my heart pounded. I thought to myself, I can't do this, but somehow I did. And because I wanted to talk about things that were important, I persisted. I chided my church as a senior in high school for not seeming to care about the not yet born, for looking the other way and for not taking a stand on life. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Eldon Stahl with me, John Burt's Society, JBS.org, doing a phenomenal job. The New American Magazine, new Amer- thenewamerican.com. December the 12th, 2021, ladies and gentlemen, was a great day. You know why? Because the New American Magazine launched a new and vastly improved what they call Freedom Index, and they've added congressional scorecards to the mix. This is really, uh, in my opinion, Huge breaking news. All right. The Freedom Index I've known and used for years. You say, Sam, what's that? You go to the New American. You pop in your congressman or your senator's name uh, or state or whatever. And you can look at the Freedom Index. And it's basically a number that's boiled down of, hey, all the votes are tallied up in relation to their constitutionality. And then you get 100 if you're perfectly constitutional. Well, no one's really perfectly constitutional because, again, some of it comes down to opinion. The JBS has their uh, kind of view and their matrix to look at it. Uh, then say, for example, a Ron Paul who gets a very high score might think slightly different on, different on something. And so, you know, Ron Paul or uh, some of these great guys might get a 96 or a 97 or a 98 or a 95 or whatever. Um, because these uh, Freedom Index is really good, but they've now added these congressional scorecards to the mix. It's, uh, they call this thing the Freedom Index is an educational resource provided by the New American Magazine. We do not endorse or oppose candidates. The Freedom Index, Index is intended to inform the American people, candidates, and elected officials about the rights and freedoms protected by the Constitution of the United States. Anyway, they go on. This is great stuff, Eldon. Let's start there. Yeah, it's it, this is a real exciting tool um, to have a nice mass distribution friendly type of publication that you can download directly about your congressman and your U.S. senator um, and distribute it to all over your congressional district, all over your state. That's just so, uh, so useful um, to be able to inform people briefly about how they voted based upon the Constitution. If we're going to restore the Constitution, we've got to have an 
educated group of voters, electorate as they call it. Uh, so if you go to freedom, thefreedomindex.org, that's a new webpage, thefreedomindex.org, there's not enough time for me to explain everything about it, but there is this little yellow rectangle in there that says user guide. If you click on that, there's a nice video, has a step-by-step -step pictures of how to download all these, customize them, get them in different formats, how to print them out, all different things. But uh, this is a very, very powerful tool that anybody can use. And it's on eight and a half by 11 paper too. So you can print it from home if you got a, a DeskJet, laser, probably better. Um, and you can see how they voted in the last six months. And also, there's there's QR codes, which I know you mentioned. But <laughs> um, no, hold on where now. You can... So if, if you know that your QR code is from a legitimate source, if I give you a piece of paper from the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, and I say, look, scan this code to donate to me, you know that it's right. Okay, so don't don't just be sure, afraid sure. of QR codes. Just right, don't right. scan every code on the planet that you don't know where it comes from. It, it was the point of last hour, just so people have context. I warned that be right. careful if you scan QR codes, it could be a scam. Uh, but remember, yeah, if you, you get it from the right sources, it's okay. Just be, don't, be don't scan all the codes you don't know where they come from. Right? Yeah, so there's a couple of QR codes on there. One of them is uh, see their lifetime history, so however long they've been in Congress, because these uh, congressional scorecards, they only have six votes floor votes in the last six months. Well, that's a snapshot, but it's nice to get a more broad picture of how they voted constitutionally. And so you can you can see that. Uh, there's another one on there that'll take you to, you might ask, well, how do I really know if something's constitutional or not? Well, it'll, it'll take you to our Constitution is the Solution six-part video series. So it explains, and you can go through that on your own. It's free. You can just watch it online and uh, really get a, a good feel for that. You can even put, uh, if you want people that get this uh, uh, scorecard, if you want them to contact somebody locally, you can put a name, a phone number, address, or email address, excuse me, uh, in there if you want. Don't have to, but uh, it's, a, it's a great, uh, we've had great success with this in, in years past, it's a similar concept. And uh, Congressman, well, if they don't vote constitutionally, they, they really don't like it. They find all kinds of excuses to try to get rid of it and get people not to pay attention to it. But uh, on the other hand, if their scores are good, uh, they have their staff you know, making copies themselves and saying, hey, hey, look how well I did. <laughs> so it's uh, kind of fun. Let's do a, kind of a case study, uh, Eldon. If you can look up Rand Paul as kind of a point, we'll look up two senators. Okay. And we'll look them up in the same state. Up. It's not my state or your state, um, uh, but it's Kentucky. And I want to look up Rand Paul, the junior senator in Kentucky. See what he gets. Okay. And then I want to look up his colleague. What's his name? Mike Lee? No, we're talking about oh, in, Mitch uh, McConnell. If, yeah, yeah, look up old Mitch. And it, So let's compare Rand and Mitch to kind of give people an understanding of what it is. Now, while Eldon's kind of looking that stuff up in our real case study, I want to kind of double down and tell you that the Freedom Index and this scorecard rates members of Congress based on their adherence, ladies and gentlemen, to constitutional principles of limited government, fiscal responsibility, national sovereignty, and a traditional foreign policy of avoiding foreign entanglements. Think about that for a starter, for a guideline. 
for a litmus test, if you will, on the constitutionality of those whom we elect and who swear an oath to the supreme law of our land, the Constitution for the United States of America, those who represent us. That's the guide in my mind that we want to use. And again, I mentioned that every politician might have their own opinion. Uh, You know, for example, the New American Scorecard might, you know, rate somebody on this, and Rand Paul would give you another reason, and both of them have constitutional uh, make sense or mojo, if you will. And so uh, nobody's going to get a perfect score. It's very rare to, because there is a little bit of discussion about opinion. Rand might say, I know some of this bill isn't good, but I voted for it for this reason because overall it's better, whereas the scorecard might show it as a bad vote, even though Rand could justify it as a good vote. There's a little bit of minutia there is the point, folks. Nobody's perfect. But I'm telling you right now, really, day in and day out, if you look at this scorecard, if you look at this uh, Freedom Index, you get a real handle on how they're representing you in government. Eldon? Yeah, and uh, it is is becoming more difficult to choose um, votes to to score people on because they lump a lot of things into one bill a lot of times, uh, but they try their best to uh, find votes which are as clear as possible, showing somebody's understanding of the Constitution and constitutional limits. So uh, the last scorecard gets gets six votes in the last uh, six months, roughly. Um, You've got Mitch McConnell. Uh, they either give you an X or a green check mark. The X is uh, an unconstitutional vote. The check mark is constitutional. It yeah, also you're has either in a, the Hall of Fame or the Hall of Shame, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a column cost per household, so that's interesting on there. Um, but Mitch McConnell, he got two green check marks and four Xs. So that means about one third of. Um, at least during that six months on the scorecard, he got uh, constitutional. And that's, uh, hold contrast, on, now that's why it's a little yep. bit of an improvement uh, on the uh, former um, New American um, Freedom Index that we used to have because we used to just get a number. It used to just say 66%. Now they're literally showing you why they're giving that with re- check marks relating to the votes that they've selected. So you still can get that number understanding, right? But yet you get more clarity about the details there. That's why it's a new and improved version of the freedom index right well they co- the cost per household is something that's not in the freedom index itself uh you can still download the freedom index and get uh, that's for all of congress and you can see a more uh it's 10 votes in the freedom index and and also um you know you can see all across the country how they voted uh, but this is nice an individualized scorecard too to get a, a snapshot um so think of the index as the core calculation of where they stand. Uh, think of the scorecard as kind of an analytics breakdown, right? Yeah, in a sense. Um, you know, the, the, the Freedom Index is, is more of a – it does have vote descriptions a, a little more in detail, um, but the, um, the scorecard is a little more brief, but it does have some description of, of, of the vote and what the bill was about and things like that. Uh, but uh, it's just, you know, a, a briefer version uh, in, a, in a sense that you can share with others a lot more easily, a lot more affordably. Uh, you can download that for free, too, by the way. It's not like, you know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, somebody like uh, Rand Paul got all green check marks on the latest scorecard. He probably, probably got all pluses on the Freedom Index, too, but 
Hang tight, Eldon Stahl with us. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. With inflation tearing at the American workers' buying power, the deadly Afghanistan withdrawal, global crisis in Ukraine, Iran, North Korea, and our border with Mexico, President Biden tells the American people Wednesday that he has exceeded most expectations. Outperform what anybody thought would happen. We have made enormous progress. You mentioned the number of deaths from COVID. Well, it was. Uh, Three times that. Democrats failed in their effort to change the Senate's 60-vote filibuster rule, with Democrat Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kirsten Cinema of Arizona siding with all Republicans in the evenly split Senate. 52 lawmakers opposed the rule change, while 48 all Democrats were in favor. Senator Manchin on the Senate floor. One party to exert complete control in the Senate with only a simple majority will only pour fuel on a fire political whiplash and dysfunction that is tearing this nation apart. USA Radio News. Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance or if, like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian health care sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now, and they love it. In fact, MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to health care sharing. It's been around more than 25 years Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf. Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. MediShare has a 98% customer satisfaction rating, and you are invited to be part of it. Call now, 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE, 833-34-BIBLE. The NCAA rule to allow transgender women to compete with biological women is being opposed by a former Olympic gold medalist. Caitlin Jenner is speaking out about University of Pennsylvania transgender swimmer Leah Thomas. The former Olympian saying Thomas competing in women's swimming is not good for the sport due to uneven competition. The NCAA is set to discuss transgender participation in sports on Thursday. Jenner suggesting stricter rules should be put in place for transgender athletes. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. China's central bank lowered its lending rates, stepping in to support a slowing economy that has been weighed down by the property market during a politically important year for leader Xi Jinping. The People's Bank of China said Thursday it cut its five-year loan prime rate to 4.6% from 4.65%, the first cut since April of 2020. We are USA Radio News. Eldon Stull on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. John Birch Society, Sam Bushman with him, talking about this incredible improved at the New American Freedom Index slash scorecard. Thefreedomindex.org. The Freedom Index is an educational resource provided by the New American Magazine, folks. It's intended to inform the American people, candidates, and everybody about the voting records of those who serve us and have sworn an oath to the Constitution. How faithful are they to it is the question. The Freedom Index rates members of Congress 
based on their adherence to constitutional principles of limited government, fiscal responsibility, national sovereignty, and a traditional foreign policy of avoiding foreign entanglements, ladies and gentlemen. Important, important stuff. And you were mentioning right before the pause, Eldon, uh, about this scorecard, how it ought to be used, etc. Yes, uh, you should organize with others in your congressional district, in your state, uh, to get these out to five key groups of people. Of course, active voters would be a first one. Another would be uh, people on central uh, political committees, depending on what um, party your um, representative or senator is, is part of. Also, um, precinct committee people, depending on your state, what they're called, uh, different names, delegates sometimes they're called. Um, state legislators, that's a usually a fairly small group. And the largest group is kind of largest group is donors. You can go to fec.gov, download the donor list. Uh, I guess I'd probably just go with the people from your state that have donated to the candidate and just send them uh, these. Uh, the FEC rules don't allow you to send out any type of advertisement, but these scorecards do not have any advertisements, just purely educational. Anybody can do that. Uh, but we're forming committees all across the country to distribute these, and these are powerful. You can make Congress constitutional again with this. And the idea, too, is when you have your user groups, a lot of people around the country have meetups or whatever term you want to call them. In Utah, we have a monthly meeting uh, that goes on and everything. What you can do, too, is you can invite those based on the scorecards. For example, if Rand Paul, for example, uh, got green check marks on all six of the vote, you know, you might invite him and say, hey, we want you to come and speak to us. We want to thank you for your constitutionality. Awesome, right? Yeah. You might also definitely. though go back and, and if you have a bad scorecard, let's go ahead and quickly do Utah. <laughs> let's compare Mike Lee and, and whacked out Mitt Romney. Let's let's compare those two really quick. But what you would do is All you right. might invite yep. Mike Lee and Mitt Romney and say, you know what? We're looking at your scorecards, gentlemen. And uh, there's <laughs> five hundred of us that are meeting and would like you to come and explain yourselves now. Or better yet, would like you to come and listen to us instead of us listening to you for a change. And maybe we can tell you why we're not very happy with your scorecard. And you can literally <laughs> dig into specific legislative right. pieces that way and really talk about the constitutionality of one's votes and say, look, you know what? You're going to be accountable to us. You work for us. If you don't show up, we're going to push to replace you. Now, I get it if you email us back and say there's a conflict. Can I come next month? I get it if you can't. You know, we're not, we're not trying to be crazy about this. But if you're refusing to meet with us over and over and over, and there's 500 of us constituents, for instance, uh, who want to create accountability and you won't ever show up, we're going to look to replace you. And if you show up and can't explain yourself constitutionally or you don't agree that, man, I made some mistakes and I'm going to change, we'll give you a chance to change. We're not trying to be dictators here. We'll give you a chance to improve, like any employee review. We'll give you a chance, but it better change or we'll find somebody else who will do a better job. Yeah, polite but direct clarity yeah. on this is vital. All right, what's Utah look like, Eldon? Well, Mitt Romney is pulling in at uh, one check mark out of six, possible six. So that's uh, 17% of the last scorecard. So let me get and this right. Michael, 83% he's betrayed his oath of office. Yeah, on this scorecard, right. right. Uh, so that's actually worse than uh, Mitch McConnell. By and, a long shot, I might add. Yep. Yep. And then you've got uh, Mike Lee, who has all check marks. So good for Mike Lee. So you got Mike Lee that's 100 percent 
And again, I don't think yep. it's perfect. Everybody has to, you know, all these analytics right. are a little right. bit subjective. I want to be clear about that. But at the same time, I look at it this. The, the stark contrast between the two elected officials in Utah, very, very telling. So you might call Mike Lee and say, come and speak. Thank you, sir. Okay. Even if you think right. Mike Lee's made some mistakes along the way, ladies and gentlemen, we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We don't want to just attack everybody. What, what we want to do is raise the bar. And what we want to do is call Mitt Romney and say, you know, what, why don't you come and speak to us? We're not very happy with this, sir. 17% uh, is horrible. 83% betrayal when it comes to constitutional principles. Now, even if you say I don't agree with the JBS on their scorecard, fine. But as a whole, the question is constitutionality. The difference is so stark in this case that you got to say, Mitt, you're not keeping your oath, my friend. You're not doing what you promised us you would do. And I think uh, learning the public to this reality is the key. Holding them accountable is the key. Don't be belligerent. Don't be crazy. It won't do you any good. But be polite but insistent. Right, Eldon? Yeah. um, You know, really, the Constitution is not some self-enforcing document. Congress follows the Constitution to the extent that we understand and demand adherence to it. That's our job. And so you remember the story I told about when uh, Christy Noem came to town when she was in the U.S. House. And she told all these things, oh, well, this spending isn't sustainable. I'm working to solve that. But after she got done and, you know, people applauded this uh, this presentation, had all these people say, well, what are you going to do to send me money in my favorite cause over and over? And she said, well, I'm working very hard on that. So we get the representation that we demand. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this, this scorecard can be used very easily. You can look up anybody you want to. Is there a state summary, too, of how well my state's doing? If I've got, uh, for example, in Utah, I think there's four congressmen and two senators, so six, quote, representatives at the federal level, if you will. Uh, is there anything that kind of breaks down how my state's doing? Like for Congress or for your legislature? My state Congress, just in general, or my federal oh. government Congress, just in general. Yeah, we don't, but yeah, you'd have to print out uh, or at least download um, the six, you know, two senators and what you could do is total up all their scores and divide by the number six and get an average, uh, and then you could look at I it suppose, and say who's yeah. bringing it down. Who don't bring yeah. me down? <laughs> you could see who's bringing me down, right? Yep, yeah, we I did that. Mitt Romney, of course, is bringing bringing Utah down quite a bit on the average. Um, Mike Lee's pretty high, I think. I think uh, Curtis was also got all check marks, um, but the other ones just had I think one X. So uh, Burgess Owens and uh, and, the and rest, Burgess so. certainly one of the better ones. Uh, far from perfect, but do, doing a better job than most for sure. You know, so you, you got to dig into this, folks, and you got to learn. I don't want to say who to target because I don't want my comments to be taken out of context, right? Uh, but you want to say, who should we you know, really try to help become more constitutional? And or, to some degree, you politely need to kind of say, who is beyond help? Who do we just need right, to look right. at and say, man, there's a better way here. We, we, we've got to jettison uh, this person. And I would say Mitt Romney's there. Look, this guy's been a politician virtually his whole life. He was the governor of Massachusetts. Uh, this guy's been, been a bad apple for a long time. I don't think you can help Mitt because I think he's so dug in that he thinks he knows better than you. And he's not really interested in what you have to say. Uh, and so that's an example where I'd say, look, we've got to just replace that guy with somebody who could do better. And, and with each person, you've got to give them the chance, give them a little bit of grace. They're not perfect. It's hard. It's difficult. There's a lot of lobbying pressure. I get it.
uh, many uh, in our society grow up not really even understanding their oath of the Constitution either. We've got to give some grace uh, for them to kind of get their f- f- sea legs, if you will, into them. At the same time, you can't wait too long or you just become part of the problem too, uh, Eldon. Oh, yeah, for sure. And we've had quite a, a few instances of uh, uh, people changing how they vote based upon uh, distributing how, how they voted based upon the Constitution. So it's not like uh, this is, uh, you know, all some scenario of, well, we throw, throw them all out. Um, and there's one instance uh, detailed from Montana that Constitution is a solution series that people can watch online. But, um, but yeah, sometimes we've certainly had stories of uh, – uh, like back in the day with uh, George McGovern um, distributed his voting record and the people of South Dakota were like, wait, wait a second, uh, this guy talks pretty conservative when he gets home, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's not voting too good. So they got a, uh, got a new governor, or excuse me, new senator. There you have it, ladies so. and gentlemen. This is serious. It's not something to take lightly. It's something to dig into. It's something to learn about. Use it as a resource. And there's other uh, indexes as well that you can dovetail this with, too. If, if you get criticism and say, oh, the John Birch Society, they're very extreme or they have their own agenda. I don't agree with any of that. I think they're, st- they're top-notch stellar uh, in their work that they've done literally for decades. They're one of the true freedom-fighting groups that have been in it forever, and they've remained true the whole time no matter what kind of pushback, no matter what kind of abuse they've taken over the years. They've remained true and stellar. Uh, but I digress. I- I'm just telling you, even if you say, well, I want to get a broader picture, fine. Go look at other places. There's all kinds of groups that have indexes as well. Uh, for example, National Taxpayers Union, NTU.org, uh, has their own index from a taxpayer's point of view. You've got gun groups from a Second Amendment point of view. You've got, and you can put all that together and you develop an incredible picture of who represents you. Are they doing a good job? If they are, wonderful. If not, what are you going to do about it? Eldon Stahl with me. I want to talk more about the ConCon lie in seconds on your radio. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads, a divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. 
In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Eldon Stahl, field coordinator for the John Birch Society, JBS.org. We're talking about these incredible Freedom Index scorecards from the New American. And the New American has launched these uh, improved scorecards and everything else to help you get a handle on where your elected officials stand. Are they representing you well? If so, fantastic. If not, you got some work to do, people. Get involved. Work with your user groups and everybody else and meet up, spread the word, and hold them account. Hold them to account. Um, the freedomindex.org is where you go, right, Eldon? Yeah, yeah, to find the to find the scorecards. If you want to get involved, nothing happens unless we make it happen. So if you go to jbs.org, you can find your local coordinator, your local uh, maybe section leader, and uh, they can walk you through the process of starting a committee to uh, hold your congressman accountable uh, through these scorecards. It's very powerful. You can get involved. The point is when they feel the heat, they see the light, ladies and gentlemen, and you can have facts That's at right. your side to help you get it done. All right, there you have it. Uh, the CONCON is a big scam, ladies and gentlemen. I know there's a lot of constitutionalists, a lot of so-called patriots pushing for it, but I'm against the constitutional conventions. I believe it's the people's misguided push, Eldon. Yeah, definitely. And they're really coming out in the open, the people that are pushing for a CONCON, and saying, you know, uh, well, our movement is plateauing right now. So we need to, you know, yeah, we've always told the state legislators that these applications for a convention have to be the same wording so that uh, Congress limits the uh, uh, the agenda of any convention to these specific topics, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, even though we said that for decades, we're going to throw that all wayside. We've suddenly found this new way to count to 34 states to magically, uh, you know, say we we uh, going to trigger a convention. Uh, so now we know, and they're coming out in the open, that their real object was really just changing the Constitution instead of, um, you know, trying to solve some problem that we have in the United States. You need to remember, ladies and gentlemen, too, there's a lot of people who don't believe that it'll run off the rails. They believe that they can really contain this thing. They really believe that they can address issues that are of great concern. They really honestly believe that they can put the right people in places, their delegation to uh, attend uh, such a constitutional convention. There's a lot of people who really believe that it's possible to, to come out the other side better off than we are now. Uh, and, and so you need to be careful, too, because a lot of people know it's a con-con. It's really a goal to change the Constitution or change the, the fundamental affairs of America. But there's a lot of people that genuinely believe that we can really do this in a meaningful, productive way. Don't be too abusive to those who genuinely believe that. They may be wrong, uh, but many of them have great intentions. I really talk to people till I'm blue in the face about this. They just won't listen to me. I don't think it'll go well at all. Who the heck are you going to be your delegates, first of all? I mean, you tell me, you give me a list of 100 great delegates, and then I might be impressed. Until then, I'm just not. Okay? And, and we're not going to be able to choose our delegation. We're not going to be able to put our people there in the first place. 
That's number one. Number two, how do you know that it won't run off the rails and change into a wholesale throwing out of what we currently call the supreme law of our land? How do we know on the other side it'll end up better? We don't. Uh, but there are those who genuinely believe that we will. Uh, and, and those people are misguided. That's why I say, you know, the misguided push here. I don't believe they're bad people in most cases. I believe they're just misguided. They think they're so optimistic that they're ignoring the realities of the situation, as far as I can tell, Eldon. Yeah, really, this is a big con game, though. Uh, it comes down to you, you have these discussions with these people, and it comes down to, well, I trust Robert Nadelson because he is the uh, somehow the expert on this. Well, he's tried to establish himself, but, but look at what he's saying now. Okay, he's saying that in order to get to 34 states, uh, we should consider what he calls plenary applications. In other words, applications, just unlimited applications toward a limited subject convention. Somehow, all of a sudden, he's found this out uh, after decades of, of people saying, well, no, they have to be the same wording. But then if you even look into this, these uh, six states, which he says have plenary applications, general applications, Five of them are for something that has nothing to do with, for example, a balanced budget amendment. You've got one on the Bill of Rights from 1789 on the Civil War. You've got three of them. Uh, you've got one on direct election of U.S. senators. That, that's just a bald-faced lie that, uh, you know, these are plenary applications for one thing. So he's, you know, it's, it's this whole a real con game that these people at the top are trying to play on people. And then uh, if you don't call them out on it, people disbelieve them. They just, so it's really hard to have a, a meaningful discussion with them until you show them that these people are just, um, they're pushing for a convention. Uh, that's all they want. Now, now uh, one of the greatest arguments they'll make to try to get you to believe that it's legitimate is they'll say, Sam, it is constitutional, isn't it? Don't you support the Constitution? And my response to that is, yes, I support the Constitution. There's many ways to accomplish something. I'll give you a simple example to make the point. The Constitution provides for us to declare war. Very rarely would I use that declaration of war, though. Very rarely does it really make constitutional sense. Very rarely um, does it pass what I would call just war muster. Very rarely does it make sense. But yes, it's an extreme measure that can be taken that we seem to take all the time right now. Um, not. We haven't done it since World War II, okay? This is what I mean. But yet we've been in war after war after war showing the, the problem. We need to chain down people with the Constitution. If we're going to go to war, let's declare it. Let's get it done. Let's get it out. Let's have defined objectives. Otherwise, we ought not be there. We need to avoid these foreign entanglements. We need to jettison uh, these uh, wars. They're not just. They're not moral. They're not... Well, the same thing's true with the CONCON. Yes, a CONCON's there for extreme situations. I don't even think we're close to there yet. And none of the states can even agree of why they should be there, is Eldon's point. And so I'm just saying, we need to be very careful. Just because something's in the Constitution, that doesn't mean that I have to embrace it. Okay? I, I, yeah, I understand yeah. that it's an option, but I also understand that it should be very rarely, rarely, rarely used. And I don't think we're even close to needing a CONCON. Um that, to me, would be if the states were completely falling apart and we had anarchy everywhere, then you get a con-con to try to bring us back. I get it. We're not even close to that, Eldon. Yeah, it's kind of like saying, well, a sledgehammer is in my uh, list of tools that I have in my garage. So why are you saying I shouldn't use a sledgehammer to fix uh, 
you know, my, my door that's jammed or, or whatever. Well, you know, not every problem merits the use of a sledgehammer. And so we're talking about using the right tool for the right job, not just saying, well, we have the tool, therefore we should use it for every uh, thing under the sun. Um, you know, another thing that uh, certainly should be alarming is we've got a guy on the legal advisory board of the Convention of States, uh, uh, probably the well, most well-funded and active group pushing for a convention today. This guy, uh, Robert George, has authored, co-authored a conservative constitution, in other words, a completely new constitution, which guts, literally guts the Second Amendment. If that should not be alarming to people, I don't know what would be, uh, after this group has said, well, we're not going to touch, uh, we're not going to rewrite the Constitution, and we're especially not going to rewrite the Second Amendment. Uh, but you can, you can find this. Basically, he says uh, in this rewritten Second Amendment that uh, uh, the United States may enact and enforce reasonable regulations on bearing of arms and the keeping of arms by persons determined with due process to be dangerous to themselves and others, and that we can only have the right to keep and bear arms of the sort ordinarily used for self-defense and recreational purposes. So, okay, it doesn't get rid of the Second Amendment, but any protection that the Founding Fathers intended would be gone. Uh, he also wants to get rid of the Electoral College. So this is supposedly the conservative constitution. These are, you well, know, this is real things. It, it all comes down to what you believe in, and that's kind of my point, ladies and gentlemen. Be very, very careful. Even the Founding Fathers, uh, when they went to a convention, it didn't turn out like people expected and stuff like that. And so if you think in today's environment with the leaders we have today that it's going to go well, I believe you're sadly... Uh, mistaken. I believe it's the people's misguided push to openly press for an unlimited convention, and that's what you'll end up with, ladies and gentlemen. You think you can put limits on it, but hey, who's going to pay attention to your limits at the end of the day is one of the big questions about it. Yes, it's in the Constitution, uh, but that doesn't mean that I have to um, you know, push for that answer. I think there's a lot of more peaceful answers. Nullify now is a great one to make the point. I believe in nullification at the state level, and we haven't done much of that. If we do a lot more of that, we could back off the federal government big time. All right, I would go ahead yep. and abolish the amendment that uh, let the senators be uh, elected directly from the people as opposed to by state, legis state legislative bodies. That's another example of how I would make changes to bring back the checks and balances that make America great. We've got a lot of options short of a con-con, which really uh, would uh, move us in the right direction without the gargantuan risk of the con-con, which is a con. Final story before the end of the hour, um, Eldon, and I want to get to this too. The TSA is now using what they call illegals arrest warrants as IDs to fly. So you're literally getting on a plane now where they literally make you take off half your clothes and get naked, almost, uh, where they touch your body all yep. over or they take pictures of your body, depending on what you know road you take through the TSA lines. Um, and they're going to literally force you to show your ID and your name must match and all this stuff with government ID cards and everything else. But if you don't have that, if you're illegally here, you're allowed to use your criminal record now. You're allowed to use your illegality now. You're allowed to literally uh, use arrest warrants as your document documentation to fly. This is insane. We don't know who these people are based on arrest records. 
We don't know how many F- This is crazy. But now, now that's being used to fly all over the country for illegals. Eldon? Yeah, we're, we're feeling everybody down there. Well, you might have a bomb on you. Uh, you might be doing something criminal. But, uh, oh, yeah, you can go through because, uh, you know, this, this is a legitimate ID that it says you have an arrest warrant or a deport, deportation order. <laughs> I mean, you're not even supposed to be here. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that, that's another illustration how the government just really is not serious about controlling our borders and, uh, you know, having a meaningful um, regulation on who comes and who goes. Uh, this is just a, a big farce. And so we're being treated worse than the people that are here illegally. Yeah, so I wonder if I could get illegal arrest warrants. Then I could go ahead and use those for my, you know, documentation too. You look at that, folks, and you just go, are you serious about this? And they're deadly serious. And the really real question is, does this become a national security credibility crisis i mean really our whole national security is in jeopardy over this in my opinion you don't know who's getting on the plane with you at all but you know it's someone who's already got um what do you want to say criminal proceedings well they're on the radar (laughs) yeah anyway elder i'm just shocked at what we're embracing in america today and then we think we need a con con to fix it no what we need to do is just stop doing stupid stuff Okay, don't don't yeah. allow illegals to fly at all, first of all. Don't Changing the Constitution is not going to solve this stuff. Don't allow people with criminal arrests to fly in the first place. If we just quit doing those things, we wouldn't need a con-con. Uh, and I don't think we need a con-con at all. I think there's better answers than that. So there you have it. For Eldon Stalin, Sam Bushman, thanks so much for your time today. Uh, if you want to learn more, thenewamerican.com, jbs.org. The freedomindex.org are their websites. Our websites, libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net, um, brighteonradio.com, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic. Thanks, Eldon.